What's up, everybody? Welcome to Tuck Rule Takes, episode 123, I believe. One, two, three, hundred. Sounds about right. Yeah. Um, we are we are down a man this episode. Uh seems like we can't get everybody, can't get everybody in the same room recently. Uh it's Al's here. I'm Mike. I'm here. Liam is currently on his um on his deathbed because apparently someone can't handle their alcohol anymore. Uh, welcome to the real world, pal. You got a real world job now. You gotta learn to contain that stuff. That's why I texted him. I was like, this is what happens when you get old. Like you get yeah, I remember the days where I used to be like, I don't get hung over. We'd all be drinking and everything. And in the morning, I'd be the one who would go out and get dunks, get donuts, get all this shit for everybody. Now I need a whole day. A whole exactly. day to recover. A whole yeah. day. Um, I am also recovering. I feel like I've been on my deathbed since uh last weekend. You guys filled in admirably for me. Um, mm-hmm. but it it's been it's been rough. I don't get a cold much, and it's very true what they say when whenever guys get colds, they act like the biggest bitches in the world. <laughs> but I I think, though, that it's just like the cold that got me is just stronger than the normal cold. Like, that's what I'm trying to tell people. Like, I don't think you guys understand. I had headaches. I couldn't I couldn't sleep, but I wanted to sleep. I had no energy. It was it was a goddamn nightmare. Was it similar to like the, the covid type of cold where it's like yes. you think you have covid, but you don't. But it's it's that strong, huh? Yeah, it was the only reason that I like I knew it wasn't the flu is because like my body wasn't achy necessarily yeah but i was just like this is this is the worst i laid on the couch i threw on I, i'm re-watching game of thrones right now so i threw that on and i must have i was in and out uh, like all day i was missing half of episodes i was missing yeah. i was waking up i was like oh shit we're at this part of the show back asleep wake up back asleep it was a nightmare yeah. See, I was the same way last night. I wasn't sick or anything, but I know that in and out sleeping type mm-hmm. of phase because I watched the Celtics game when they played the Knicks. I watched the whole first half. And then I'm like, my girlfriend's like, all right, I'm going to go in the bedroom and, you know, watch, you know, I think it was like Shit's Creek or something. I'm like, all right, I'm going to stay out and watch the game. And I remember it was the third quarter and I just doze and doze. All of a sudden I wake up, it's the middle of the, f- the fourth quarter. I was like, where did the time go? I thought I was awake <laughs> for this. What? So I, I get what? that. I totally oh. get that. And it's... It's brutal when you're missing. You know, it's funny. Game of Thrones. I watched the first season. I was like kind of into it, but then I just mm-hmm. couldn't get into the second season. I just stopped oh, watching. Buddy, it is. And it, it's one of those. I know everybody, like everybody always recommends shows to people and people are always like, all right, whatever. But like Game of Thrones is one of those ones. I understand you probably heard that it ends poorly and like the whole, it just like, it goes off the rails towards the end because the people who wrote the show were going to go do Star Wars and they like just tried to wrap things up like haphazardly. Um, but like the show is so goddamn good. So good. Just everything from the writing to the just the scenes, everything, how they build it. There's so much shit going on that like, it's it's one of those things where like you'll be watching a scene about one group of people, all of a sudden it switches to someone else. You're like, holy shit, I completely forgot about them. There's yep. dragons that come in. It's just it's fucking awesome. But I will say the last season and a half, this is now my second time. Uh I, I rewatched it once before. Now I'm rewatching it again. And I like I can already see it coming. Like the the last season and a half isn't as bad as everybody said. Now, when you have some time to kind of be away from it. 
-hmm. but it's not great. It's like, dude, just picture like, you know, you're building something up and like you you have all these interwoven storylines. And then at the end, like you just snip them off too soon or like you don't do the thing you've been building to because you think it's the obvious thing. And it's like, dude, it's the obvious thing because you've been building to it. But whatever. I'm not going to go on a rant about uh, about about Game of Thrones. But I will say one more thing about being being sick and having a cold soup is the very underrated meal like just normal chicken noodle soup but i will say it is like sneakily very fucking messy very oh messy. absolutely if you sl- and it can be disgusting to eat too because if you slurp oh, yeah. it like out of your spoon and you do that like that oh, type yeah, of noise dude. it's like ugh. oh and then and, it falls back in the bowl too and you're slurping uh, it back up oh it's, you know what too i'm not a this is gonna sound weird i'm not a chicken noodle guy I like the tomato soup. I, I'm the Ugh. tomato soup kind of guy with like, you Ugh. like take the crackers and you like, you crack oh, them in your hand and then you make sure that they're like mixed around in your soup. Like I used to love that. That actually used to make me feel better when I yeah. was a kid. Well, dude, you, you gotta, so that's my question. So you crack the crackers in your, you, like you crumble them up before you put them in? You can. You put I mean, them on the soup? I mean, uh, I was I a little kid too. On. I was I a little them on, kid too. I submerge them. I, 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 I kill the cracker. And I get it up before it gets too soggy. And then you pop. I, I almost end up eating too many. I eat like a whole sleeve of Ritz crackers when I'm eating the soup. Were you a, were you ever a grilled cheese and tomato soup kind of guy when you were? No, I, okay, I, was I wasn't really either. a grilled cheese guy, but like, I wasn't, I, I, okay, I, I wasn't either. So I'm happy. I have been that. known. I've been labeled as one of the best grilled cheese makers, but I've like never been a big grilled cheese guy. The tomato soup. I, I said you. I've also never had it. I've only ever had it when I've I've eaten it with like pasta and shit like that. Okay. Um, but yeah, I didn't know chicken noodle soup. Just do it, but it is very messy. It gets down your chin. You got to have a napkin. And yeah, it's, it's never it's never filling either, which is the issue. But I, well, I guess that's why you eat the crackers. That's why you have yeah. To that's why it's part of it. Yeah. So okay, but anyways, though, so that's our that's our little babbling before we get into before we get into some stuff. Our uh, non Patriots topic of the day. Not not too much uh, around the Patriots. Again, we're kind of in like that dead zone between the Super Bowl and the draft where like unless something big happens, nothing big really happens. Um, But um, I think we're going to I think we got to start with arguably uh, the biggest news coming out. And that is one Matthew Slater made it official. Uh, He has retired from the NFL, retired from the Patriots. Um, He retires as a 10 time pro bowler two-time All-Pro and three-time Super Bowl champ. Um, I would be willing to bet money on it. He is going to be a future Hall of Famer as well. Um, He should be. Uh, Bill Belichick, the greatest coach of all time, has called Matthew Slater the greatest special teams player of all time, poor special teams player of all time. So, um, yeah, big, big news. I think it's just more of like the changing of the guard that's happening. Uh, Your thoughts on Matthew Slater retiring? Um, I think Liam and I might have touched on this last week. If not, like, obviously we want to get your thoughts on it, but if we did cover it, I'll say it again. I mean, Matthew Slater, the definition of a true patriot, a true gentleman, a true scholar, the ultimate guy you want on your team that he may not be the quarterback. He may not be the linebacker getting the sacks. He may not be the safety getting all the, but guess what? He's still that type of locker room presence. He's still that leadership role that you love on a daily basis. So that's that's yeah. where I'm going to leave it at. I mean, the numbers speak for itself. Three-time Super Bowl champion, 13-time captain is nuts to me. 
He was a captain through all of the 2010s, basically, into the 2020s. And that's a definition of molding the younger minds of, of the players that are coming in. And that, that says more about the man than it does about the football player. Great football player, as far as special teams goes. One of the best special teamers of all time. But to have that presence in the locker room is great. And it's also it's kind of the last straw for that, and I'm going to put this in air quotes, old generation of Patriots into the, the new generation. I mean, yeah, you could argue David Andrews in a sense, but, you know, Brady, Belichick, Kraft, Gronkowski, Edelman, Slater, McCordy, like those were the pillars of the 2010 dynasty yep. Patriots. And now all of them are gone, except for Robert Kraft, obviously. But yeah, you know, again, I'll just, I'll wrap it up with this again. Gentlemen, a scholar, thank you, Matthew Slater, for proudly and honorably wearing the Patriots colors and representing the Patriots the way they should be represented. Yeah. Yeah. Just say a uh, uh, Patriot through and through. I think when you think of, uh, uh, Patriot, Patriot way, all that. Matthew Slater has got to be one of the top three, top five people you think of. Um, did you happen to catch the video that the Patriots put out on Twitter? Uh, that was like the, the mic'd up of his last, uh, the yes. last game. That's crazy. definition of a Patriot. That's, that's exactly. the definition of who he is. Dude, everybody. And it's funny how we're all sitting here saying like, oh, is he going to retire this and that? Everybody knew. Everybody. Oh, knew. We all, Slater it knew. was the least shocking like, thing. Like, that's the thing where even though people weren't saying it, like you saw in the video, everybody asked him, Aaron Rodgers, hey, you got a couple more in you? No, this is my last one. Uh, talking to the uh, the Jets punter, I think, or kicker or holder or whatever, saying the same thing. Um, everybody, who, uh, you know, this is my last one, this is my last one. So it's just he went out, um, you know, he, he went out in just another respectable way, didn't make a big deal out of it, waited until, you know, a, a good amount of time didn't want to overshadow the season overshadow anything else just kind of gracefully stepped away um so yeah i think definitely obviously patriots hall of famer uh like you know in the, in the patriots organization but i think nfl hall of famer he definitely will be um and I yeah hope that'll he be is. the that'll be the first father son uh with him and his dad jackie slater that'll be the That's first right. uh duo in there so uh that'll be nice i just hope that uh, people remember how imp- outside of New England, how important yes. he was and how good of a player he was when his name comes up for Hall of Fame voting. But that'll be a uh, that'll be a conversation for that for another day. But yeah, Matthew Slater, the old guard's gone. Like you said, David Andrews, he is really, uh, really the only one. Um, you know, Dante Hightower, Gerard Mayo are here, but in a different capacity. But on the on the field, it's basically David Andrews, and then um, I don't even know who you go to after David Andrews. Jonathan Jones, I guess, might yeah, be the one that's... who's been here the longest. I Bentley, no, not even Bentley. I don't know. Yeah, it's a it, we can know. safely say it's a new it's a new regime. It's a new crop of Patriots talent. Yeah, that needs we... to come in here. It's crazy. We're truly in like a new day and age. Everything. It's you know you you. You talk about it when Brady left, when McCordy retired, uh, you know, now when Belichick's gone and now you have all the other coaching staff things, all the other players gone. Um, yeah, it's a crazy time to be a Patriots fan. A uh, couple other releases too. Uh, Lawrence Guy and Adrian Phillips, um, they got released. I think it created like what, six million or something in cap space or whatever. Uh, we'll talk about yeah. that in a little bit as well. But um, yeah, my my thoughts on that, uh, Lawrence Guy, I forgot that he's been here for seven years um, seems 
seems like the time kind of flew by uh, a great addition, I would say. And um, Adrian Phillips, same thing. Uh, hard hitting safety. Great. It was awesome to have him here with, you know, peppers and Duggar and um, all that. But yeah, I think if you're going to lose people, losing people on the defense is the least problematic thing, because I think that's a position of strength, just the defense as a whole. But um, yeah. Yeah, because I, I think that news dropped like a day or two after you guys recorded. So it's one of those things it that seems like it happened a while ago, but it happened earlier in the week. So, um, yeah, Lawrence Guy, Adrian Phillips gone. What do you think? Any any thoughts at all? I, I mean, it's it's out with the old and in with the new and the young. I mean, they were in their 30s. Like Adrian uh, Adrian Phillips, really, I'll, I'll never forget his uh, 2021 pick six against the Chargers in a game in which Mac Jones was his rookie year, they were in that winning streak. The defense kind of, kind of, I know really good times kind of found their stride that season and really helped Mac in that eight game winning streak. So shout out to Adrian Phillips. He was just a, a solid, solid safety that really he didn't, besides that pick six, didn't really do anything flashy, but he still was a solid piece of the defense and Lawrence guy, a great run stopper, a great, you know, stop guy, you know, could fill the gaps and everything. So you know, just two players that really, it felt like it was the end for them to being here. Like if they were still here, I think we both can agree. It, we'd say fine, good, like do what you need to do. But mm-hmm. I'm not really too sad that they left. I'm not really too sad that they're they're out of the organization now because it's a new direction. They want to, it's clear, they want to be younger, they want to be faster, mm-hmm. and they want to develop, which is fine. We now know the direction and I'm fine with that. Yeah. I mean, I think with with uh, Lawrence Guy being gone, you know, you have Christian Barmore, obviously. Uh, Devin Godchow still here, if I remember correctly, right? Yeah, I think Godchow yeah, still obviously, here, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, Carl Davis is the one I always forget. Carl Davis is gone. Um, oh, how do you forget Carl Davis? And, uh, I, I, I just always get him mixed up for some reason. I don't know why. Um, I mean, he did he did the tummy dance when he, when he gets, I know. you know. I how know. do you forget I that, him, Mike? I get him mixed up. Um, and oh, then, obviously, yeah. uh, the, the emergence of Keon White, I think that kind of that probably made it a little bit easier to let guy go. Um, you know, not that they played the same exact position, but it's still the defensive line. You can kind of mix and match wherever you want. So, uh, and then obviously, you know, they'll probably draft someone to, uh, but see, we have to remember, I keep, I keep out of habit saying, ah, you know, we all know Belichick can draft defensive linemen, but Belichick's not here. So like, I don't know what the, and again, this is a part of the whole, like, it's all new, new way of thinking, new way of everything. But um, I would assume that there's still going to be like a level of importance put on drafting, you know, good, young, talented defensive players, even though the defense is doing fine right now. So not too mm-hmm. worried about the defensive line uh, safety wise. Um, you know, Adrian Phillips was definitely definitely a good player, but I believe I saw something. I don't remember the exact numbers, but his role was pretty much relegated to to special Special teams. teams. Yeah. Yeah. And like, don't get me wrong. It's still important to have a veteran in the room and all that stuff. But um, I think that loss too, won't necessarily kill, you know, the, the defensive backfield. So uh, I think this, this kind of makes Duggar's um, position a little bit more uh, from a position of, of power when it comes to, you know, negotiating with the Patriots, but I don't know. That's a, I don't know what's going to happen with Duggar because um, I think him and Mike Owenu are your two biggest 
free agents coming from the team. So I don't know what you do. You tag one of them, get another one. There's still Hunter Henry out there. I don't know. But um, I think, do you think that Adrian Phillips being released in any way signifies any sort of movement with what they're going to do with Duggar at all? Or do you think that's kind of its own, its own situation? I think Duggar is a completely different situation, completely off of the Adrian Phillips situation. Cause Kyle Duggar is still pretty young. That's the thing that we need to realize is that he's still a young player. And don't forget, they're going to have that franchise tag. Duggar is a prime candidate to get the franchise tag this year. And then you try to sign him to an extension, you know, in season, but that real quick, that, that franchise tag, I think, and I talked with Liam about this last week. So feel free to throw in your opinion here. I think that can go to a couple different guys, right? I think it could go to Kyle Duggar. I think you could go to Hunter Henry. If you really wanted to keep him for another year. I think uh, a really weird one, I don't think it's going to happen, but it, it, a kind of out of left field one, so to speak, could be Kendrick Bourne. That's a, but I know Kendrick uh, yeah. Bourne's going to want to test the market. Like yep. that would be a guy I wouldn't mind if they franchise tagged for a year. Just trying to think. Mike and Wenu, but I don't think that one would make sense. But again, I, to go back to your original question, Mike, I think that Duggar and Phillips are completely different cases in here. I think Duggar could still be a pillar on this defense while, while Phillips could be served better elsewhere. So. Okay. So if you, I, I agree. So if they were to, um, cause I, I just pulled up the franchise tags now with like the new salary cap. So if yeah. they were to franchise tag, uh, Hunter Henry, it's only 12.6 million. I would do that in a heartbeat. Uh, I would have no, no problem Wrong with that whatsoever. That. Uh, if they were to franchise Duggar, that'd be 17.1, probably less than what he'd get out there um on the market so that's another one i think i'd probably do that and mm-hmm. then um offensive lineman would be i just had it offensive lineman would be just under 21 million um which makes sense because offensive lineman you know you're paying a premium for those now so i'd yes, be, i'd be down i'd be down to do either one of them to to franchise any of them but i think if i had to i want I want to say Duggar. Yeah, I think that's going to be the logical choice. They may not even use the franchise tag. There's a there's a rumor out yeah, there they, they may not, not even use it. Yeah, they might not. They I feel like the Patriots the Patriots have been known not to not to use it. But again, that was under a whole different regime, so I don't know. But um, see, but but then you start thinking, okay, like what's a what's a position? Which position is more important, or which one do you want to kind of have tucked away so you don't have to worry about it immediately? Like, okay, do they? Do they franchise Duggar and then just kind of move forward and try to sign Owenu or maybe get someone else to replace him? And then Hunter Henry, you kind of deal with that. Do you franchise Hunter Henry? Cool. You got at least one tight end on the roster. And then you try to deal with the other two. I see that as the least likely option. Um, Just because I think that they can probably work out a deal with Henry anyways, but I don't know. And then it's like, do you franchise Owenu? Offensive line, we saw how important that position is last year. So, mm-hmm. like, I, I and think... then you just like lose Duggar, maybe because I feel like if you if you franchise tag a Wenu, you're probably going to lose Duggar. I would, yeah. Think. And and I think so. What I think is, I think you go back to the first option you mentioned franchise tag Duggar so that way yeah. you know he's around for 2024. Mm-hmm. Sign in Wenu to an extension, sign him to a brand new contract, give him the money he's worth because he's so versatile on the line. Mm-hmm. And then you sign and then use free agency to address a co- some of your offensive needs, a couple of your offensive needs, and then use the draft. Like, here's the thing. 
And let's talk about this real quick. So I just want to bring this up real quick, Mike. This is according to overthecap.com, which covers like, you know, salary caps and all that. As of right now, the Patriots and team cap space have just a little under $78 million to spend. Now, granted, now I'm going to, I'm going to ask you this. There's five players on the Patriots current roster, excluding free agents that have a cap number of over $10 million. Do you know who those five players are? I'll tell you right now, it's, it's one offensive and four defensive. Devontae Parker on there? Does he got over Devontae 10? Parker, surprisingly, is not. He's only at 6.5. Oh, is it Juju? So, yeah, Juju's the only off, yeah. uh, only offensive one, just a little over $10 million. So now it's, it's Juju, J.C. Jackson, probably. Yeah, so, so Jackson's the interesting one. I think we can agree by June 1st, J.C. Jackson will not be a member of this Patriots team. Because you get rid of him, you have no dead money on that contract, and you save $14 million. So you're going to get that essentially back. So that's going to bring you pretty close to 90 million. Yeah. I saw something where um, uh, Miguel uh, on Twitter who does. Uh, who, uh, or whatever. Cat, yeah. yeah. He is the, the, the best because he's got like all like the bottom 10 rules. He's got everything going. So uh, Pat's cap, give him a follow on Twitter. But he said something where uh, JC Jackson's signing bonus or something, his $2 million signing bonus gets, uh, gets uh, whatever solidified uh up to three days after the start of the new year which is yeah. march 12th i believe so he's saying that the patriots just to be safe they need to if they're gonna do it they should release him at march 13th at the latest so i think we're gonna yeah. get some sort of movement on him regardless so yeah just kind of to add to the to the jc jackson thing yep right so yeah so jc jackson juju smith schuster matt judon that's an obvious one because he's yeah. one of the highest paid on the team his cap number is just a little under 15 million. Mm -hmm. Jonathan Jones, about 12.5 million. The, de the dead money for him would be seven, 750, so close to 8 million. And then uh, you're actually saving about 4 million for him. So that would be an interesting one, but still, that's one. Yeah, I you keep, keep Jonathan. Yeah, Jones. I keep him no matter yeah. what. Yeah. Yeah. This is the surprising one. You actually mentioned his name earlier Devon Godchow, 11.8 million. But here's the thing with him you get rid of him. You lose three point five million in dead money, but you save eight million. You save a little over eight million. So you do the quick math on that. You're saving about four point five million. But his yeah. cap number again. So that's a that's an interesting one. That would be one that would go either way for me. You're surprised if you get rid of him, but you're surprised if you keep him. So it's kind of like a. Or sorry, let me rephrase that. You're not surprised if you get rid of him, but you're not surprised mm -hmm. if you keep him. So again, I know it's like analytics, you know, whatever, like Liam would probably say nerd type of stats, but guess what? <laughs> this is important because if the Patriots do it right, Mike, they could have close to a hundred million in caps yeah. along with the number three pick. I, I mean, don't know. that's, see my, my thing with, with God shout, just to kind of use him as the name, I. The, the Patriots right now have, like, I'm just going to call it 80 million just to, because I've seen they Make have 86. I've seen they have 78. It's going to be call right, it, it's call right it. around there right now. So whatever, just to use it. They got $80 million to spend. I have always been a proponent of, of course, you want money if you're strapped towards the cap, like the bills are, say. Because like even with the increase, and, and I'll I'll say exactly how much it increased and all that in a second. But mm -hmm. even with the with the increase in salary cap, the bills are still forty one million dollars over the cap, which is hilarious to me. I know. Um, but like if if you're something like that and you need to get money, I understand that. But when you already have about eighty million dollars to spend, I have never been one who's been like, let's just get rid of talented people. 
just to have more money. So like with Godshow, I get you'd be saving a little bit, but why? Just keep them. Like, yeah, get, it's, you know what I mean? Like I get if like, if they were close, if they were like tight on money and they had to, then sure, I'd be down to get rid of him. Like even, even the JC Jackson thing, I initially want to give pushback on, but then I remember that he's not as good anymore. So like, just get rid of him. If you want to re-sign him again, go ahead. I would definitely right. move on from JC Jackson. Um, but yeah, with Godshot, I'd, I'd keep him, extend Judon. You know, I'm sure that'll that'll do something. Um, but and then Jonathan Jones, obviously, you just signed him last offseason. So yeah, so he's like, not going anywhere. Yeah, you're gonna keep him. And but Juju, yeah, I, you're I, kind of in a bad spot. You you need to yeah. keep him, unfortunately. Yeah, like yeah, you gotta you gotta just deal with him, which you know, maybe a healthy Juju is a nice third or fourth option, um, which is crazy right. to think of, but whatever. I know. Um, yeah, I think money-wise, I think they're they're kind of fine right now, other than JC Jackson. I wouldn't make any crazy crazy moves that you don't necessarily need to like just to free up money just to have it um yeah so and, just to... and and he's not sorry just not to cut you no, off no, but no. he's not crazy he's not a crazy guy to get rid of because the corner room is so talented with you know christian gonzalez coming back off an injury jonathan jones like you said marcus jones is another guy that we forget about he's going to be coming back yeah um i'm not sure if miles bryant's still gonna be around but as a fourth corner like then Bryant, they got that other guy um uh, the one like, that had a pick in the last game that people was are it saying. Marco that he Wilson might... or something yeah, like that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Something like that. And then there was another one too, number 28, I believe, or something like that. But whatever. Oh, Either way. Like Alex, they got... uh, Alex Austin. That's who you're yes. thinking. Yeah, yeah. They have, but Marco Wilson is one too. They have, their defensive back room is pretty solid right now. Like they have right. a really good top two, top three uh, grouping of guys with you know jo the two joneses and gonzalez so you can kind mm -hmm. of play around there you want to draft someone do what you want to do uh what's his name xavier howard just got cut by the dolphins so if you want to yeah. bring him in maybe i don't know whatever you want to he do he would have but... to be he would have to be like again like a third fourth corner option you can't yeah. have him be a premier corner he's not a premier corner anymore so that's why i'm like what i'm kind of hesitant with him but yeah i think with the way that it's set up right now you're in a really, really good position to make a splash signing if you want to. Now, T. Higgins is going to be franchised by Cincinnati, so that takes him out. Yeah. So yeah. real quick, before we before we get into all the dynasty stuff, I want to ask you two questions, one about free agency and one about the draft. Mm -hmm. So real quick, free agency. Love now, talking Mike, about the draft. We're 18 months away, and it's just – it's all I can think about. <laughs> I know. Um, so with free agency – so news came out yesterday. Ian Rappaport uh, tweeted it out. T. Higgins going to be franchised by the Bengals. So that's a name that's out for the Patriots now. So there's a couple names that are out there. Obviously, you have Mike Evans, who, let's be honest, he's probably going to go back to Tampa. They're going to find a way to bring him back. They might even franchise tag him for, to try to get an extension. Calvin Ridley's out there. Gabe Davis is out there. Uh, there was another name that was out there for a receiver. I forget exactly. Who no, I got him. I got him pulled up right now. Go ahead, uh, name off. There, yeah, Mike Evans, uh, Odell Beckham Jr.'s out there. Curtis Samuel. Yeah. Um. Oh, what's his name? Isn't um Michael Pittman Jr. That's the name yeah. that people. Yeah. That people are thinking of. Um. Yeah, Calvin Ridley, like you said. Um. But yeah. Anyways, yeah. Keep. Keep. Uh, keep I going. think. My opinion, I think that they should either bring in Calvin Ridley to be your deep threat, mm -hmm. or you bring in Michael Pittman, who he's not going to wow you, 
But I think with Michael Pittman, you realize he's coming from a system in Indy where there are a lot of, there are a lot of run first, you know, options too. Cause they had Jonathan Taylor and they had, yeah. I forget the other running back's name off the top of my head, but they were a primarily run heavy team too. So Zach Moss, right. I believe Zach Moss. Yep. He's you're right. Good. Yep. So now you just put him in a different situation where same sort of thing. Patriots are going to be run first, but Pittman could be another one option along with pop Douglas in that offense. And Maybe you bring back Kendrick Bourne, you know, Juju, hopefully, like you said, could be a third or fourth receiver. But here's my question to you. Do you want them to bring in a free agent wide receiver or do you want them to go via the draft and get like Marvin Harrison Jr.? So it uh, that's that's the question, isn't it? So that's because both of these things, free agency and the draft kind of go hand in hand and no one really knows what's going to happen until one of the things happens. So it's like you can go – so. If if you go the the free agency route, so let's say the Patriots are going to draft a quarterback with their third pick, whoever it happens to be. I don't. That's not that's not a part of the conversation right now. Um, and then let's say they get they bring back Kendrick Bourne, and then you sign Calvin Ridley. Like that would be my ideal situation if they don't go wide receiver in the draft. Uh, but see, they could still get one in the second round. There's still other ones, but whatever. Yeah. So yeah. in that case, you have your wide receiver room would consist of. Calvin Ridley, Pop Douglas, Kendrick Bourne, and Juju. Um, I mean, Kayshawn Booty's still hanging around, but I'm just going kind of your first four. Oh, yeah. Devontae Parker, too. Shit, I keep forgetting yeah. about, about him. Jesus. Um, see, so this is this is where I come into the into the situation where do you get uh Calvin? Do you think Calvin Ridley is a number one receiver? Yes. Like I just do. a pure number one. Okay. So I do. We're, we're on the same wavelength there. So if you get him. That then pushes everybody else down, obviously. Yeah. Um, you have him, and then you have P- Devontae Parker, Pop Douglas, Kendrick Bourne, and Juju. So those are your guys there. So the Patriots aren't going to get a younger receiver from the draft because you got to think if they're going to nab, uh, I-, I don't know, one of your like top five, six wide receivers in like the second round if they want to get them, then the room becomes too crowded. You can always move on from Devontae Parker, even though you just signed him. You can dead much like i don't it, it becomes one of those things where there's too many there's too many pieces in there mm-hmm. so it it almost makes sense for them to draft a receiver but then if they do that they're going to be drafting a second round guy who knows who it's going to be because i doubt marvin harrison jr is going to be there i don't it's, nah. it's I don't, if, if he's there i've always said if marvin harrison jr is there you have to take him but it's such a weird thing is that it is. I I think I know, you're. Do you? I don't know. I'm like talking myself out of it. I don't know. <laughs> I think your best bet is to sign in free agency, and then worry about the draft, about getting your quarterback and getting your tackles and getting everything else that you need. What there's two good wide receivers now out there in Pittman and Ridley. If you at least yeah. get one of them, just get one of them. If you ever got both, that would be fantastic. Then you actually have some playmakers, but you're not going to get both. That's that's unrealistic. Get one of them in here. Sign one of them. Gerard Mayo literally said on WEEI, we have cash to burn. So why not use it on on a playmaker? And I know, again, I bring this up all the time, but you and I got into an argument about this, about having a number one receiver, having that playmaker. Mm -hmm. Calvin Ridley, to me, is the more explosive playmaker, like downfield. Pittman seems like he would be like almost like an Edelman or Pop Douglas role, but he could still give you a little bit more. He's not exactly a deep threat, but he's more of a 
kind of like an expanded slot receiver. And do you yeah. know what I'm saying? Like he's a little yeah. bit more than a slot. Yeah, he's not quite your deep threat. So that's why I'm saying just bring one of them in here. Then, like you said, bumps everyone down, takes a little bit off of everybody else and re-sign Kendrick Bourne, please. I mean, I don't know if you saw on Instagram, but uh, Bourne's agent posted a picture and there was like the, the song that was like more money or something like that. Yeah, new money. And they were outside. New money. Yeah, new money. Thank you. Yeah. And they were outside of Gillette. Yeah. So it's like you Dude, he wants know. to be he's giving up all his leverage, which I love. He wants to be here uh, so bad. Not not quite though, because they still a lot of people are saying he'll still test the free agency market. Oh, so yeah, a I'm team sure like will. yeah. I'm just saying, like a team like Minnesota, if they came in and gave him, you know, a three year, you know, say fifty one million dollar contract, giving him seventeen million a year, you think he's gonna turn that down? No. Uh, they'll 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 try to pair Kendrick Bourne and Mac Jones up in Minnesota. I yeah, think that might go. be the that would be the thing. I, and that's yeah, an, I I saw that. That's crazy. And that's another thing too, real fast. And I want this real fast because I do want to get into the dynasty stuff because I've been dying yeah, to yeah, talk yeah. about this with someone. There's Alex Van Pelt had his press conference. The the Patriots coordinators and new coaches had their press conferences. And when asked about Mac Jones, Alex Van Pelt said, "We're going to explore all options." Don't you think it would be wise by now to just be like, you know what? Let's get Mac Jones out of here. Let's trade him to a team, get a, a fifth or sixth round pick, just get some value for him and start completely fresh. Like, I don't even want Bailey Zappi in there as a backup. Like, I want a new quarterback room. I want I want a young guy, and I want, like, a Jacoby Brissett or a Jimmy Garoppolo where it's a veteran and a rookie. The, the rookie learns from the veteran. And if the rookie's ready to take over, like, you know, Patrick Mahomes in his second year or Baker Mayfield in the first year when Tyrod Taylor got hurt, then fine bring that in there, but don't you want a new quarterback room? Do you want a new quarterback room in general, Mike? Just, yeah, I want, completely. I want all of them gone. Um, but my, my thing, and it's kind of the same thing I saw um, before, before we came on here today, I saw a couple of people being like, um, you know, why haven't the Patriots released JC Jackson yet? I think it's the same thing with the quarterback room. There's no need to do it so quick. There's just right. no, like, I understand that like, we're all like, let's go. Like we want to see things, but there is literally zero benefit to the Patriots to get rid of not like to the least of the worries, Bailey's happy, but Mac Jones right now, because it doesn't, it doesn't impact the cap right now. It doesn't impact their, any sort of trading that they want to do any sort of drafting. I think it's kind right. of a foregone conclusion that he's going to be gone, but as a, as an owner, as a coach, as a front office person, I kind of like the, you know, listen, we're going to, you know, we're looking at everything right now. You know, I've, I've, I've talked to Mac Jones. I've done this, whatever. It's like, you know, you don't want to just be like, oh yeah, he's, he's gone. Like, yeah, I don't even want to talk about that. That's the past. Because then it, if he would have said something like, you know, we're going to be, you know, we're looking to the, to the future, you know, we're going to kind of freshen up the room, whatever phrase you want to use. Then it turns into, we'll just get Mac Jones out of here. Cause you already said yeah. this. It's like, you know what, just, you're going to move kind of, very, very like uh, methodical on it. Just do your thing. I think we all can assume that we're going to get a completely different quarterback room because I don't think either one of those guys fits in the room move, moving forward as either no. a backup or or a potential starter. I think you're you you move on from the Jones Zappy regime. Just be done. I think you do too. You have to. You have yeah. to get a, a whole new direction, whole new regime, whole new philosophy. Yeah. Don't have them in here. Just just yeah. Move on. Gone. Yeah, rip the bandaid off and move on. Yep, be done. Okay. Uh, and and before we jump on the dynasty, I want to ask you if it's not Calvin Ridley, 
How would you feel about Mike Evans being the guy that they get? Oh, I would love that, but I don't think it's realistic. I think Tampa is going to do everything they can to re-sign him or sure. franchise tag him. I don't think he's leaving Tampa, and it's sad. I w- but if he came here, I think that would be great because Mike Evans has his Super Bowl. He has his money. But does he want to come into a total rebuilding situation? Probably not, unless they oh, literally throw a bag at him. But if you can get him at the right price and you can convince him somehow, then yeah, of course. Um. Yeah, I'd like him. I like Mike Evans. But yeah, Calvin Ridley is my number one guy in the free agency if that's what they want to do. But we'll have plenty of weeks to talk about that. Um, yeah, we are. You good to get into the dynasty talk? Let's get into the dynasty. Right. I have a lot of topics, as I'm sure you do, too. So before we move forward with episode three and four, I, I'm just going to run off. I just wrote some random ass thoughts as I was watching. We don't even have to discuss them. Just kind of as as I was watching, just things that I was writing down. Um, so for the first episode, uh, just my random thoughts as I was going, just kind of stream of thought, uh, typing them, um, craft saying the negativity of nine 11, then our starting quarterback going down. I, I just thought that was a weird quote. I don't think we should ever equate. Like it, it was just weird to me, him somehow trying to equate the, the, the terrorist attacks to your quarter. I, I get what you're doing. Yeah, but just, it, it was now, now that I'm hearing you say it, it's like, ugh. it's weird. Right. Very weird. Um, And this is what I want to ask you as a Patriots fan. I'm done with seeing the Brady combine picture in video. I don't care anymore. I've seen it yeah, hundreds I, of millions of times. It does nothing for me. It, it, when I see it in hype videos or whatever, I, I roll my eyes. I'm done. I've seen yeah. it a billion times. I don't care anymore. I don't know who else cares about it. I think everybody, whether you're a Patriots fan or not, everybody's seen it now. It's lost. It's like, oh my God, he started as this little string bean uncoordinated. Yeah, we get it. I'm done. Yeah. Move on. I understand that it's going to be around for the remainder of history, but I'm done with it. Um, the, I always thought, I always think it's funny looking back and seeing like how the media and how everybody thought of all these things. Um, I forget who it was, but someone, I think it was Michael Hawley or someone on, on one of those shows said, why are you trying to start a, a controversy with Brady versus uh, Bledsoe? Insinuating yeah. that Bledsoe is the guy. It's just funny. No one really knows anything until you know anything. Like, I just thought but, that was. I think that was, was that when it was WEEI and Mike Felger was young at that time and they were yes. talking about it yep. with Glenn Ordway? Is that yep. what it was? Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. What, that's, he, he, I, yeah, I think. Yeah, yeah, I, I think I think it might have been uh, Glenn Ordway who said it. Um, another thing I saw, Bledsoe and um, his doctor, them holding a press conference was wild. You yeah, would that's, never see that now. That was so never. strange. But it was kind of cool in a way, don't you think? Because yeah, it's like no, you it don't was. see it anymore. No, it's different. But I saw it and I was like, that's just crazy that that's how shit was like done. That it was just so like in the open. Like it was a, it yeah. was such a big thing. And I was like, that's. And, and I just want to clarify, wild. cool, cool being like, when have you ever seen a press conference at yeah. the hospital being like for a big time player? Like we don't say that anymore. Obviously the injury was horrific and Bledsoe could have lost. No, no, no. Life, of course that's but... not what you meant. Yeah. No, right, just right. crazy. And then uh, my, my last one on the, on the first episode Quote from Kraft when he was talking about uh, his meeting with Bledsoe, saying that Brady is that Belichick's going to go with Brady. Kraft said, "If nothing else, he can mess it up, and I can hold him accountable." I thought that that quote is very telling with what just recently went down with uh, Kraft getting rid of Belichick and kind of saying that yeah. he was the one who got rid of Brady. 
Because I'm sure that same thought process went in his head where he was like, you know what? Belichick wants to get rid of Brady. If things backfire, use him as a scapegoat. He's gone. And he did it. Um, yep. Second episode thoughts. Very quick. Here, uh, real quick. Uh, real quick. I actually got a couple different thoughts on episode oh, good, three. Good, real quick. Go, go, go. Don't worry. I got I on my list. Too. I didn't know. I, I, I didn't know if you wanted to, to, to I have thoughts on the I first have, one too. Good. I have more on episode four, more on episode four than three. So three quick, three quick points that you didn't bring up the story about lawyer Malloy taking Bill Belichick's room at the Super Bowl because lawyer complained and they gave him shit for it. That was so Hilarious. funny. Like that was just like one of those things we don't, that's something we don't hear about. That's something that we're now learning. That's it's the like, stuff I like from this doc. Yeah. That's, lawyer that's Malloy is a cat. Lord Malloy is a character. Like I feel him bad and Ty Law. Cut. Him and Ty Law were amazing. Were, oh my gosh, um, Lawyer Malloy getting cut after a one is still so sad to me. Like mm-hmm. obviously you brought Rodney Harrison in, but Lawyer Malloy was such a good player for that mm-hmm. team, man. Really was. So I don't know. That was just a little funny story that I saw. Um, one small tidbit: the Rams' defense. So everyone talked about the greatest show on turf and their offense and everything. I didn't know. I forgot this or didn't know this. Their defense was number three in the NFL that Me year. Me too. I forgot when they everything. said it. Yep. Like yep. that defense was so good. And it's like, wow, they should have really kicked the crap out of the Patriots in that Super Bowl. But, you know, we're, ha- we're happy mm-hmm. with the result, obviously. And then the final one I thought was kind of important because we don't hear about this. Bill Parcells and Robert Kraft being like still having bad blood toward each other. Still. And Parcells being like, to this day, I know. They still and, got it. Parcells being like, oh, Robert Kraft didn't know anything. Kraft being like, Parcells is selfish. Like, Parcells isn't going to be in the Patriots Hall of Fame ever. As long as Kraft still owns the team. Either Kraft, um, Robert or Jonathan. Mm -hmm. But to see, like, to really realize that 97 Super Bowl was about Parcells going to the Jets and not about the Patriots getting to the Super Bowl. Mm -hmm. And by the way, I forgot that the Jaguars upset the Broncos who were – Still had John Elway and Shannon Sharp and that whole crew. Yep. Like that year, like I wish the Patriots could have pulled it off because I think if Desmond Howard doesn't return the kickoff when the Patriots were down 27-21, they had a chance. But Bledsoe also threw four picks and it was just kind of, it was a whole mess. But mm-hmm. when you hear Parcells and, and Kraft still have that hatred for each other. It's like. Hilarious. It, it is hilarious, but it's also bone chilling too. So. Those are the last thoughts I had on uh, on episode three. Now we can move into episode four because I'm sure we're going to have some similarities cross. I also forgot that um, that uh, Jerry Rice was on that Rams team. He was. I remember one. that. I, I saw that, that in the first episode. I was like, no shit. That's that's a little crazy. Um, and that, yeah, just just the other like uh, just watching the second episode, uh, just the, the second it popped on. Fuck Tom Brady senior. I'm done with him. I don't ever need to hear him talk again. Whenever he shows up on my screen, I give him the finger. I just, dude, you don't, now that like things have cooled down, don't start talking like good about Belichick or the Patriots. Like just move on, dude. Like I get it. Brady's your son. Side with him a hundred times out of a hundred, but like move on. Um, But yeah, that that was basically all I had there. Um, But yeah, the, uh, the, yeah, that that whole third episode was just interesting just to see how like how it all um how it all played out. And like, you know, it's cool to see some of the some of the stories there. And this is a little bit from episode three and four, because I guess they were both kind of about similar times. Mm-hmm. And, and this is where I feel like kind of looking to see like what the what the episodes are titled coming up and everything like that. I'm kind of yeah. starting to see where this might be going. And I've seen people talk about it on Twitter too. 
this documentary is definitely coming from a certain point of view where when you're when you're talking about that those first three Super Bowls, how do you have episodes and not even talk about two of the Super Bowls or mm-hmm. a certain 21 game winning streak that happened? I know. Like it that this, was terrible. I'm starting to like kind of and I'm still gonna watch it because it's still awesome, even just going down memory lane, seeing things, whatever. But this doesn't see the title of the documentary is called Dynasty. And it seems like this is really here just to kind of go through to put the controversies to the forefront, you know, not necessarily base it from like the dynasty, the success. And I get that the Patriots 20 year dynasty is very much intertwined with a lot of different controversies or different things or whatever, you know, Mike Martz complaining that the Patriots had their, their walkthrough and everything is still crazy for him to like be, the Jersey holding and not calling. Yeah. It's like like it, it's just so funny to see that. But, um, but yeah, especially episode four, which is titled Spygate. I understand you have to have an episode on. I get it. It is that in deflate gate are the two main, I guess, scandals. Yeah. Things that are, that are going to, you know, flashpoint things that are going to happen in the Patriots dynasty. But it was just crazy to me that you kind of omit two Super Bowls and all the success there. And you strictly talk about, about the the controversy and judging by the title of the next episode tom and seeing what it's about they're not going to go back to this time frame so like you just skipped over two super bowls and all the success and went right to the controversy but what were your what were your thoughts notes everything on episode four and we'll and we'll dive in all right you want me to just rattle them off yeah 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 let's go because i was still kind of sick watching episode four so i didn't do any notes but i do remember so okay so ernie adams and bill belichick not commenting and ernie adams specifically saying i'm gonna take this to my grave see you like it i don't i'm just like that smirk with that i know it's like though dude listen it's been it's been 15 years okay everyone's over it like just tell us a little something like i don't know if you remember this but they went to an interview in 2007, uh, with Belichick mm-hmm. basically being like, uh, I thought, you know, I didn't know the rule. Like it was, it's the same thing as in the press box, like writing it down on a piece of paper, but seeing it from the press mm-hmm. box. It's like, all right, fine. Just, you know, and then Belichick, of course, is like, well, I, I made my comments and, you know, that's only mistake. Yeah. It's like, dude, this is a documentary to say all those things. You're not in mm-hmm. front of bunch of well, you're in, you're not in front of media members you're in front of a camera still i get that just like loosen up a little bit like remember the good times just give us a little something give us fans a little nugget give us something i get it i get it the reason i like it is because it makes me especially the ernie adams part where like because he hasn't been anywhere and now that he's finally talked about it, he still doesn't open up it just yeah. reminds me of like and it makes me think of like of like the 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 OG like gangster movies where it's like no matter yeah. how far away from like the the hit you are the people involved in it even if like if they say stuff that because I think w- when Ernie Adams was talking not only did it sound like he was just not wanting to say stuff about what the Patriots conversations had it seemed like how he was talking like he had conversation with he or he knew that other teams were doing so, which right. it's pretty much been out there that other teams were, it's just the Patriots got caught. And it's like, I think that was it where he's like, listen, man, 
just, you know, it happened. Don't ask, don't tell. We're, we're moving on from it. Like the body's buried, all that stuff, which I feel like people, by the way, with Spygate forget. It wasn't the fact that the Patriots were looking at signs. That was not the rule. The rule was where they were recording. Yeah. That's what you can't do, which is the the part that's hilarious about this, because I think uh, Matt Chatham has has posted stuff about this on Twitter because he, he's a part of it. And it's like, if you're sitting in the press box or wherever, you can see everything that the that the coaches were doing. If you were to record from the press box, you can do that. What the Patriots did, they recorded from the field, which you cannot do. Okay, so so correct me if I'm wrong here, because maybe I don't understand the rule here. Is it that they can use the video camera? Because that's what I thought the thing was. You can't use the video cameras to get anything. You can't use it on field level. You cannot okay. record anything okay. on field. Okay. See that? Yeah, that's that which has been lost in translation right. over twenty years. <laughs> okay. Where like that is it? Like you can you could take pictures. You could do what like from the press spot because it's completely different if you're recording the game from like the. Um, from like the the broadcast, whatever, but you just can't be on the field and doing it. And that's the thing where it like Spygate is a thing because the Patriots did break rules and they they were punished for it, rightfully so. I don't care yes. if anybody thought that it should be more or less whatever, but it's like people think that the sign stealing, that is the rule that was broken. No, no, no. Teams were were looking at opponent sidelines from other part, it's just, you can't do it from on field level. That's, that's okay. what it came down to. Like there's a, there's a thing. And, and I wish I could find it. I'll try to find it maybe after or during or whatever, but there it, it's just like a, it's like a picture of like a stadium. And it's like, this is what happened in Spygate. And it was like a circle. And it was like recording from here is fine, but recording from here is against the rules. This is what the Patriots do. And again, it's one of those things where, other teams were doing it, sure, whatever, but just Belichick was more, more crass about it and just out in the open. And it's like, you right. know, that I think this spawned the infamous Belichick versus Goodell beef. This was it, where Goodell was like, dude, stop. And Belichick said, make me. And Goodell said, okay. And I think this is where it started. So it's funny you mentioned that because that was my next point. Roger Goodell, of course, he makes an appearance in the Spygate episode. Of course, they have him for Spygate. Like they of can't. That like, like, of course. So that was just a, that was a little thing. Uh, Eric Mangini and the betrayal of Mangini just ratting out Belichick, mm -hmm. which is like, and of course, we see like the awkward handshake at the end of the game where it's a quick handshake and then they go their separate ways. But man, that's just like again, oof! It's like a little spooky. Yeah. Um, who was the best part of that episode? Who was the best part of episode four? It's an easy answer. I don't know. Still, like, I'm, see, I'm going to say Ernie Adams. I know that's not the answer. Okay. okay. Who, who was who was your answer? Randy Moss. Oh yeah, shit. Randy shit. Randy Moss is so he's electric. How they introduced in it too? How they're like how like you know we had to get a player who this and that and the camera just slowly like pans and it's just Randy Moss sitting there. And it's yeah. like, oh my God, I forgot uh, he was there. Uh, quick though, to talk about the Eric Mangini thing, because I'm basically just yeah. going to go off your points, uh, everything that you were yeah, talking yeah. about. I I felt that on a deep level, because you just think of like, think of someone that like you, you've been through the shits with, you know, like you, you've done some things with, you've broken some rules, you cheated on some tests or some things and all that stuff. And then you, you kind of put 
you put your faith in that person that dude, no matter what happens, like if we never talk again, like we, we won't fuck each other. Over. We won't rat each other up. Like we won't right. do that. And then to have that person go on the other side and do that to you. It's like, even though, even though like the, the person you left was still using those practices on you, like you still just think like, yeah, I like, just the the belief that that Belichick had where it's like, yeah, I don't think I'm going to get fucked over by this guy. And he does it that and, and to, again, to bring it back to like the OG gangster films and stuff that that shit's unforgivable. Like you're done. You're out. You're excommunicated. You're out of the circle. Every chance you're out of the I family. Get, exactly. Exactly. Every chance I get, I am going to clown you. You will never be a part of this again. And like, I will make sure as the as the patriarch of the family that you will never be viewed in a good light around here again. And I just, yeah, that's, yeah, Eric Mangini, Eric Mangini made his bed. He had to lay in it. It is what it is. But yeah, uh, I don't know if you had any other thoughts on that. You kind of said your thing. Yeah. yeah, the Randy Moss thing. I, we'll go back to that right after. Yeah, no, I just got two more quick things. Um, Randy Moss talking about how we got a call at a, at a club from Bill Belichick. And then he hangs up and then yeah, Bill's like, no, this is Bill Belichick. He's like, Oh shit. I just, got, and then the like toast with the Coronas and it's like, I got traded to the Patriots. Let's go. Like that just, that's just quintessential Randy Moss, the electric personality, mm-hmm. just who he is. That was so funny to me. And just like, I literally laughed out loud at that. I was like, ah, Oh, me too. Not- how about, how about Belichick saying, you know, you got to be here at the facility by 10 tomorrow 10 or, the, or the trades <laughs> off. Yeah, <laughs> what the balls on Belichick to oh. call the greatest receiver in the game at that time, most likely one of the to- one of the top in the game, one of the greatest receivers of all time. That like, hey, yeah. man, we're we're trading for you. Um, be here tomorrow by ten, or like we'll we're gonna like renege on everything. And it's like oh right. shit, like all right, crazy. Oh, that was so that was unbelievable. And then the last thing, two thousand seven still hurts. It does. That's how I literally oh, I hated it. Too. Hated it. It was. Now, let me ask you this. This might be a weird question, but like Brady has said he would trade 2007 for like two of his Super Bowl wins. Is Would you do the same thing? Would still you never. Trade? Nope, still not. And, okay. and I get it. So, I get why a player would. Yes. But, but as a fan, you enjoy the six. I'll tell you what I would trade it for. I would trade it for going to the Super Bowl in 2017 against the Eagles. I would say, like if you told me that season, the Patriots would get knocked out and like, the AFC championship. Mm-hmm. And then you, but you get to keep 07 and you get to win that. I'd be like, fine, seven Super Bowls for Brady. Like, you know, and you keep all the other Super Bowls, but you get rid of one of the other Super Bowl runs. I'm fine with that. So, wouldn't you? Yeah. But if the Patriots don't go in 2017, yeah. What makes you think that Brady stays and that Belichick doesn't say, see, Brady can't do it? Let's bring, let's, move along Jimmy G. You know what I mean? Like, so, but like but if that he... whole season, like it might be, I don't know. I, but, but why on, didn't on they the say surface, that I get what after, but why didn't they say that after true. the Super Bowl? True. No, no, no. True. I get it. I, I understand. It's like, you know, you got there, whatever you see, I don't on the surface. I would agree with you though. I would, I would give up going that year to, um, to, to even if you want to end that year in the ultimate heartbreak, like whatever in the right. AFC championship game, they get beat in the last second, whatever. Um, yeah, I would still take, um, I, w- I would still take that 07. So it's just, it's so much easier just to say, yeah, that was the greatest team of all time, 19 and 0. Never like, 
because you can have all the, yeah, you know, they still technically won more games in a row than Don Shula's team. Like they still, right. uh, the, the undefeated regular season, but did no one get, like they said, no one gives a shit what you did there. Like everybody was waiting for you to lose and, and mm-hmm. you lost in, in that game. And right. like, you know, which like, I did think it was funny. They didn't show Asante Samuel missing that, uh, the pick that could have, um, that could have sealed it. Uh, that was in Shocker. the 07 one, correct? Yep. It was. Yep. yep. Shocker. Yeah. They didn't show that. Um, which I mean, it's fine. I just, I'll always keep that in my back pocket where if he just catches the ball, the Patriots win. Um, I always, I always think too, to the Tyree catch. Why couldn't Rodney Harrison, why couldn't Rodney Harrison go two feet in front, like just swim around somehow and just either pick it or just knock the ball away. Like, why did he have to go into Tyree and try to knock it off his helmet? I'm, and I would, that's something I would ask Rodney Harrison if I ever got to meet him. I'm like, was there a chance for you to get around Tyree and try to knock it down? Or did you have to do that? Like, you know what, looking back I, on that. I think he would give you the same answer that you're asking him. I, why, why didn't I do that? Like, it's Maybe. one of those, it just, it... Like that people talk about, you know, you joke about the football gods all the time, but I think the football gods were knocking the Patriots down a a peg there. Like, I think think that it's just, I I don't know how to, how else to explain Like, why, why does Rodney Harrison try to grab the arm? The ball is right there. Why not just move your arm up and knock the ball? Like, why don't any of the other Patriots players rally to, to tie to Tyree either to try to knock the ball. Like I think Brady said it in the thing, there were five other Patriots defenders there. If the ball bounces up or anything, the Patriots pick the ball and it's done. Like why, why didn't Richard Seymour hold on to Eli Manning in the pocket? I know. Like if, if that was nowadays, they might've called that. They might've called that in the grasp in the grass. He might've been down Eli man. Like why, there's so many whys in that that that, like like eli manning just hurling it up in the middle of the field in the not even like down the sideline like at least in the 2010 super bowl there was the you know the manningham throw which was crazy which was or or cunningham throw that 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 was no no no, it wasn't manningham Manningham. it was Mario manningham yeah that like that throw he just in two in 07 he just hurled it up in the middle of the field Around, surrounded that, by Patriots. To go to go back to 07 for a second. <sighs> think, think about the end of the game. The Brady throw to Moss that just goes off Moss's fingertips. Moss oh says that he God. could have caught it. But here's the thing. If you <sighs> slow that play down and you watch the replay carefully, the Giants, you know, the Giants defense gets a finger on it They tip first. it. They tip it. Yeah. They, they do. It. And, and Randy was like, you know, I had it all the way. Like, I love you to death, Randy Moss. But like. Let, let's call it spade a spade here. The ball got tipped. Like, if you had made that catch, that would have been a great catch. And I don't know if the Patriots had any timeouts, but they either would have called a timeout there and then kicked yeah, the field know goal either. to they overtime. They talked like they didn't, but I thought that they – I thought they did. I don't know. I don't or they know. Would have, or they would have, like, ran and spiked it probably with, like, two seconds left and had a chance to kick a field goal. But anyways, so, yeah, 07 still, it hurts. I still think that, to go back to your point earlier – the fact that they glaze over 03, glaze over 04. Like they Crazy, just briefly, right? they just show the Vinatieri kick in Super Bowl 38. They show the, you know, the Harrison. I don't know. I don't even know if they showed the Harrison interception in Super Bowl 39. They showed it when they talked about Rodney Harrison coming in. Right. They didn't show it like in, in reference to like talking about the Super Bowls that were won. 
they talked mm-hmm. about it strictly or they showed it just in like a montage of Rodney Harrison coming in. Yeah. Yeah. So again, that's my biggest takeaway. Um, it seems like now that episodes five and six, and we can, I, unless, did you have anything for episode four? Anything else for episode four? No, I mean, that was, that was, uh, that was basically it. Like, I, I think I, I mean, we kind of covered it. I just wish that the, that there was more on the actual, like dynasty and not um like not solely based around like the controversy stuff because then like the media started talking and i was like now now i'm like now i'm starting to get checked like not checked out in the term like i'm not going to pay attention but now i'm checked out like okay now we're just getting the shit where the media says i think belichick was it i think or or belichick always this and it's like like now you're just talking like you know just like how we talk and how everybody talks, but it's like now you're just speaking like you know the ins and outs or everything that everybody was feeling. And it's like now it just now it's annoying. Now it becomes like a Boston Globe article. Like, uh, uh, uh. but um, yeah, I think that was kind of all I had for, for episode four. Okay. So real, really quick before we kind of wrap up for the week, what are you hoping to see or expect in episodes five and six? Because from what I could tell, it looks like they're going to get into the Edelman and Gronk years. Yeah. I think they mentioned that Aaron Hernandez was going to get mentioned a little bit in these episodes. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. I got him pulled up here in like the in the um like the like the information. Yeah, the snippet. So so the next okay. one is called Torn. So Brady struggles with his impermanence after a catastrophic injury. Belichick faces a test of his leadership and loyalty. Uh, that one obviously that's the year after 07. Brady tears his um tears his, his ACL, ACL everything there. That episode, what I'm expecting, that should be an all positive episode after that. Because what what Belichick and that coaching staff and that team did that year, I I believe we're gonna get Matt Castle should be popping up on there. Everybody else, that that whole episode should be uh not like a ball washing of Belichick, but that should be a very positively spun episode for the team in Belichick in general. I think it has yeah. to be like, they're the first 11 and five team ever to not make the playoffs. Like that's crazy. Like, and just the team, how, how they rallied around each other after your starting quarterback, your superstar goat quarterback goes down. That should be really good. Um, And then, yeah, the next one at all costs facing a crossroads, the Patriots draft Rob Gronkowski and Aaron Hernandez, but tragedy strikes and a murder investigation unfolds. Um, that, Is that I mean, episode six was that for episode six or five? That's six. That's six. Okay. Five was the uh, was the injury going down. So I'm assuming we're okay. going to get because okay. um, I believe what that was. Oh eight, they drafted Gronk and Hernandez in 2010. Yes, correct. I, right. So so I think we'll go probably oh eight. Then it'll probably that episode will end with Brady coming back and kind of whatever, like they'll kind of flow that into, and then the teaser going into the next episode will be what the team needed to find something. And then they'll show Gronk and Hernandez. Right. Then we'll go into the okay. next episode. My worry about episode six, not, not that they're going to, I think they should harp on the Hernandez murder stuff as much as they want. I just don't want it to turn into a, what did the Patriots know? What didn't they know? Whatever. Yeah. Because I I just think that's all. Now, again, if something comes out where they did know shit, whatever, but I just feel like we've already 
played all that through. Like, I just want to hear from the people who were involved, like the players. Give yeah. me some of Belichick's quotes. Give me some of Ernie Adams. Give me some of Kraft, whoever. Like, that's what I want to know. I don't want to, the, the thing I don't want to see in that episode are any of like the media members coming up where it's like, you know, there were, you know, we didn't know, you know, how much did, did the Patriots know? Were they trying to conceal? Shut, shut, no, stop. But I think that's what we're going to get because you mm-hmm. have to remember this entire thing. And I know you probably, and, and I feel like, you definitely, Liam, maybe not so much either, are swinging on my side with this, where this is this is a craft uh, dynasty production. Yeah, it has to be. So no, it it is at the end of the thing. That's what pops. Oh up. yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure, sure, sure. So my fear is that craft is using this entire documentary to put himself kind of to the side of everything, where it's like I only had things to i only had my finger in the good stuff you know and that's why i'm hoping this episode doesn't come out where it's like what did belichick and the coaching staff know what did the players know or anything so i i i don't think it's going to go that way but just given how you know the last episode they skipped over all the good stuff and just went right to the controversy too i don't know um what do you yeah. what do you what do you expect out of these next two episodes i think that now that you kind of painted the picture, I think episode five makes sense. Episode six, I think it's going to be a little tough for everybody. Because don't forget, yeah. this is talking about, you know, a double murder here. So yeah. it's going to be very painful. It's going to bring back painful memories. And I think that, that video I, of Aaron Hernandez getting pulled out in his yep. uh, the white tank top. Ooh. Yep. And don't be surprised if players are apprehensive to talk about it. And if, you know, if there's a little bit of kind of, I don't want to say coddling, but there's going to be a little bit of, a little bit of censor, a little bit of taking back a little bit because it's a sensitive subject. And I think that's what's going to be hard for some of these players to talk about and some of these people to talk about. And it's going to open it up for the families again to talk about of the, of the families of the, you know, the victims. So that's why I'm saying it's going to be a little bit. Yeah. I don't think we're going to get like, you know behind the scenes stories of Gronk being like, yeah, you know, I was out partying and Hernandez came up in a bloody shirt. Like, I don't think we're going to get that stuff just because I don't, no, like you no. said, it's going to be more of like a general feeling once things did go down. I don't think anyone's going to be like, you know, we kind of expected it. Like, I don't see that stuff happening. My question, do you think they're going to talk at all? Cause this is right in 2010, 2011, that time. Are they going to talk about the the giant Super Bowl at all? Are they going to talk about any of that stuff? Or are they just going to kind of say, kind of gloss over it a little bit? I think they're going to gloss over it. I think they're yeah. going to briefly, briefly touch upon it. And then maybe show like, you know, the Manningham throw, maybe show mm-hmm. um, the, I think it was the Bradshaw, Ahmad Bradshaw touchdown or whoever yep. it was, whoever rushed yep. it in at the Where he stopped at the line and tried to and like tumbled. Yeah. And then the yep. Welker, yep. like the Welker in, um, incompletion that could have oh, yeah. the game maybe yep. so th- they'll they'll probably show a couple moments but i think it's going to be similar to like the 03 and 04 where they'll just briefly touch on it because you and i i don't know about you but i'm more interested in the after the 2016 super bowl what happened in those four years from 17 to 20 that's what i'm curious that's the episodes yeah. that i'm drooling to to come out yeah, which which it looks like episode seven and eight, just to look forward real quick before we get out. Uh episode seven is gonna be the the deflate gate episode. Um, and then episode eight, that seems to be when they're gonna jump into that because it's Brady stages one of the greatest comebacks in sports history. 
Um, so, I mean, that alone, it, it just fucking pisses me off, dude, because it just makes me think that they're not going to give Belichick any credit, which I know they will, but it just it it just pisses me off. It I'm because nice. I'm just full team Belichick, whatever. But yeah, so I think episode eight on is when we're going to get get that stuff. Yeah, so I think stuff. those are yeah those are going to be the good ones because this stuff I've already relived. Like, I've, how many videos have we watched? How many news things have we seen about you know the the these two episodes are going to suck. The more I'm thinking about it, it's it's the Brady injury, so we're going to have to relive that hell. And even though that season was good, like didn't make the playoffs. Then we're going to have to relive fucking Aaron Hernandez. No one wants to do that, but I get it. You have to, because this is, you are still talking about the dynasty. So you do still have to hit all the bullet points. Mm -hmm. um, I like you, I'm looking forward more to Falcon Super Bowl on. That's what I want to, right. to really get into. Cause I want to see how truthful, how uncomfortable, how real people get and talk about it. Um, and I also want to see if there's any, slight trying to you know revisionist history from everybody from players coaches media members i, I want to see all that but i think it's good to get to that point uh the deflake episode is going to be annoying as shit so or that yeah. might be funny because you might have like the players everybody being like listen fucking air pressure people like like <laughs> deflake they they put the they put the psi to the lowest thing it got cold it got let like Oh, um, man, oh, but yeah, man. that's, uh, that's all I got. Do you have anything else you got to get off your chest before we, before we get out of here on a Sunday? Uh, number three, overall pick update. Who are the Patriots taking this week? I'm going Drake may. I'm, going I am Drake may. I'm, I am I'm all in on the Drake may train. Uh, I've been watching just, and I know you can, you can put together good clips of anybody throwing the ball. You can put together bad clips of anybody throwing the ball, mm -hmm. but just the things I'm watching with Drake may I'm all in. Um, that's, that's where I'm going this week. So stay tuned for next week. I'll be fucking probably Jaden Daniels. Shit. I might be Michael Penix. Next that's week. why I'm going to ask you every week. No, oh, I'm the same way. All right. Uh, yeah, yeah. We'll have to get Liam. Hopefully Liam's, uh, rehabbed from his, uh, from his hangover and he's ready to go again. So, um, yeah, for Al, no Liam, I'm Mike. This was Tuck Rule Takes episode 123. Um, enjoy the dynasty this week. We'll be talking about it next week. We're out of here. See ya.